Once again, it's a joy to have in our studios this afternoon Pastor Alan Lee with a special guest with us today as we discuss um, the arrival of the Logos II utilized by Operation Mobilization to take the gospel throughout the world. So once again, let us welcome into our studios Pastor Alan Lee. Thank you, Kino, and good afternoon, everyone. It's a joy to be with you again, and we want to thank you for tuning into Talking It Through Biblically. It's always a pleasure to be able to come into your homes or wherever you may be, your office, perhaps you're in a car, on a boat. Uh, you might even be on a beach listening to us right now. Uh, even in a hospital, you, you may be listening to us, and we want you to know that we greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you for taking the time to tune in to ECB and Talking It Through Biblically. Well, this afternoon we do have a special guest with us. We are going to be focusing, as Kino has already mentioned, on Operation Mobilization. Now, perhaps uh, not too many of you are familiar with that uh, name or that organization. Some of you are, I'm sure. And let me say this, uh, those of you who are listening and you are aware of Operation Mobilization, you have some idea of the ministry. We're going to be opening our lines to have you call in and to ask questions or to make comments concerning the ministry or what is said. Um, the numbers are 326-0800 and 322-7846. Let me give you those numbers again, 322-7846 and 326-0800. Perhaps you're more familiar with the names of the ships that are involved in this worldwide ministry of operation mobilization. Logos, and then uh, the second boat is also called Logos II and the Doulos. These ships are used um, to take the gospel uh, throughout the world, uh, in the Middle East, in Europe, and South and Central Asia, and of course also the Caribbean. Operation Mobilization was started by George Verver in 1957 and a few other college students. Um, let me say that I was one of those students. George and I attended Moody Bible Institute at the same time. Uh, 1956 to 1959, George and I are alumni uh, of, of the class 1959. And um, we always kid about the possibility, at least at that time, that I probably would have been a part of Operation Mobilization today if it weren't for the fact that the time that we were that we had planned on going to Mexico, the first trip of, of this ministry, all of us as students, of course, and we were all young, 17, 18, 19 years old, and so on. But we had to get certain shots, immunizations, in order to go into Mexico. I think it's like four, five, or six different uh, uh, different types of uh, of these shots, as we call them then. In my case, th I became infected. My whole arm just turned into a mass of... Uh, it was terrible. And unfortunately, when the team was ready to leave to go to Mexico, I couldn't go. And George and I always said, probably if I had gone on that trip, I probably would be a part of Operation Mobilization today. 
but of course I didn't, and I came home instead or whatnot, and George and I, we sort of parted ways. But as we go on in the program, perhaps I'll have an opportunity to tell you about some of the uh, experiences with George to give you some idea of the kind of man that uh, he was preparing to be even at that time when he was still just 19 years old. But we're going to be talking uh, especially with Maureen Easting. Maureen is uh, the Caribbean Director for Opera- Operation Mobilization, and uh, she's going to be telling us a little bit about her ministry in the Caribbean, her background, uh, her time in the ministry, and so on. But what I'm going to do right now is to ask Maureen to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Maureen. Uh, perhaps where you were born. I think our folks are going to be surprised when they hear your voice. But anyway, where you were born and exactly uh, what is it that you're involved in with Operation Mobilization and what is it that you'd like to accomplish in the Caribbean? Okay, there's many questions there, Pastor Lee. Um, you've asked me where I'm born. Um, I think my accent gives me away. Um, I'm born and raised in London, England. My parents are from Jamaica. And I've been with um, the Logos 2 now for over three years, three, and, three years and three months to be exact. If you told me this um, three years ago that I would be um, on the ships this long, I would say you were mad. But look, God's got a good sense of humor. Mm. Well, that, that seems to be a story with most of the, well not most, but a good number of the folk who start out on one of the ships ministering. They just go for a short-term type of a situation, and then God leads them into a longer term. Isn't that right? That seems to be uh, true of a lot of the young people. Um, exactly. Um, we have several programs on board the ship. We have a three-month program, which is a short-term program and we have the two-year global action program and the majority of people they come on the two years but um, like just um, me as an example uh, there's many people on board who's been serving four years five years Um, there's something about the ship that keeps you there Mm, it seems that way okay uh, this position the director of the Caribbean uh, area for operation mobilization how long have you been in this role Um, It's relatively quite new. Um, I was on board serving as personnel, and um, they um, invited me to take on this role um, in September um, of last year. Okay. Um, So what is exactly your responsibility? What are you supposed to be doing in the the Caribbean? Now, I imagine one of the reasons why they did is because of the fact that you are from Jamaica. Um, I think that has something to do with it, but very small. Hmm. Um, the ship has been uh, traveling to the Caribbean region for many years now and um, as you know Operation Mobilization we have uh, three ships but we also have over a hundred offices throughout the world however we've never had a permanent base in the Caribbean and this has uh, been disadvantaged uh, for the Caribbean folks who wanted to get involved in um, Operation Mobilization and so now we, we believe there is a need that we must have a permanent presence so that if people want more information about OM ships and OM, if people want training, um, that w- there'll be a permanent base here so they don't have to go overseas. Okay. Now, of course, uh, I think the Logos was here uh, in Nassau. I know for sure in 1983, I believe, they were here. But for some reason, I, I feel that they, they came 
after that as well. Do, are you, do you know that? Um, we're not. I haven't got the exact, exact date. So. I wonder if there's anyone out there listening who uh, can remember when the Logos was here the last time. In my own thinking, I think it must have been in the early 90s because I was at Calvary Bible Church, I believe, and when the team... And some of the team members were here, and we had, we had in fact one of their services that we'll talk about at Calvary. So, anyone out there listening can remember the date, the last time the logos was here, and if you had ever gone, if you've gone on the ship or not, why don't you call in and let us know? Okay. Now, uh, Maureen, the ship is here now, Logos Two, and is in it's in uh, Freeport, Grand Bahama. That's correct. It is. Um, Scheduled to come to Nassau. Do you know those dates? Yes. Um, we're sailing into Nassau on March the 16th and we open to the public on the 17th, the 17th to the 31st of March. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit uh, what happens, what exactly goes on when the ship comes to a port? What is the purpose behind it and what are some of the activities that are involved? Okay. Um, our um, philosophy or values for the ship's ministry is to bring help, hope, and knowledge. And we do this um, help. We um, send out teams of ship's people to different places in the community. We may send teams to prisons. We may send teams to orphanages. Um, anywhere where pastors may direct us and feel there's a need. And our team will go and they may work physically, helping uh, to um, probably paint buildings and just get alongside locals, young children, and just spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then, um, obviously, we have the bookshop and uh, we have over 4,000 different titles on board and varying from different subjects. We have cookbooks, we have many academics books, but we also have many spiritual books and many Christian books. And I'm really happy to say that our biggest um, sales of, of books is the Bible. Is that right? Yes. Terrific. Of course, that's, one of, that's how the ministries really started. George had a real burden, a real passion for Christian literature. Mm -hmm. In fact, this might be a good time to uh, relate one of the stories concerning George. Now, remember, this is before the uh, the ministries really started. This is before the trip, the first trip to uh, uh, to Mexico in 1957. George and I, while we were students at, at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. We were we had what we call practical Christian work, and we were assigned to do some uh, child evangelism classes. Uh, after school, we would go into uh, one of the inner cities, areas of the inner city, and we would conduct classes for children for child evangelization. I was the leader. George was my helper. He was my assistant. But I remember, uh, it's just like it happened yesterday, we were walking down the street, and of course it's very windy in, in uh in, in Chicago and there was a, a couple of gospel tracks that were blowing down the street uh, as we were, as we were uh, walking and George actually ran after the tracks and he brought them in and he, he brushed them off I looked at it I said George that has car tracks on it and everything these tracks are no good he said oh yes they're good they got the gospel on it somebody would accept this and uh, I am going to give it to someone else. That's George Verva. All right, I think we have our first call. Hello, you on ECB? Hello, 
Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello, Pastor Ling. Hey, Churchill. Yeah, I'm calling from Freeport. Terrific. How are you? I'm just great, thank you. Good, good. Now, I understand that the Dulos is over there. No, it's not the Dulos, it's the, the Logos, the Logos too. Right. Right. And you, you are really helping them uh, to get uh, going over there, aren't you? I, I've had a small part of playing it yet with the um, with uh, Simon and Sandra and the other young lady who were here. We actually came a month in advance. Terrific. To set up the arrangements for the logos to come into Grand Bahama. Mm -hmm. And I must commend those young people um, in doing a tremendous job in making the, the um, logos and uh, what they do uh, around the world known to Grand Bahama. Terrific. And we had a reception, or they had a reception on Tuesday morning with uh, most of the leaders here in Grand Bahama attending. And exceptionally, exceptionally good attendance there at the uh, at Tuesday morning. And also on Monday afternoon, uh, the ministry here in Grand, many towards them here in Grand Bahama had a dinner reception for them at the um, Port Lucaya. Ah, okay. Uh, that was very, very well received and appreciated by the by the crew of the logos. Terrific. And, uh, so they they are getting a good response in Grand Bahama. Yesterday, I was told by uh, by by Simon, and uh, they had over a thousand kids. Now, who's Simon? First, tell us who Simon is. So the um, uh, workers with the um, with the logos. Good. They he, came ahead. As he's I told the leader of the team, I think. Came ahead. Yeah. He stayed here in Grand Bahama and uh, with um, guests of persons here in Grand Bahama. Mm -hmm. And uh, they uh, were using the office at Five Wheels to do their work. Terrific. And um, they had over a thousand young people uh, on the logos yesterday um, going to the bookstore and um, being entertained. Uh, by these uh, young people who have dedicated themselves uh, to this work. And I, I must commend them. I think they, they make quite an impression Do it. on the young people, particularly the young Christians here in Grand Bahama. So you think it's a positive thing for... Very for, positive, very positive. Uh, the, the churches, do you feel that the churches are cooperating okay? Cooperating. Most of the churches are cooperating here in Grand Bahama. The schools are cooperating. Terrific, terrific. Getting um, um, classes from the various schools. Mm -hmm. uh, to attend the the, um, the bookstore, go to the bookstore every single day. And uh, they open from 10 until 10, 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Okay. And so the response has been uh, exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. And I think the folk on the logos uh, are quite pleased uh, with the kind of reception they've received in Grand Bahama, including uh, government officials who have been very helpful, customs, immigration, uh, road traffic, uh, the Port Authority, have uh, been very receptive, very helpful. And uh, making this effort here in Grand Bahama such a tremendous success. So that the 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 the, the um, impression made by the uh, these uh, young people on the logos will be long lasting in a positive way uh, here in Grand Bahama. Terrific, Churchill. Uh, if you could hold on line a minute, or sure. I, I think I have Sandra, uh, one of the team members uh, of Logos, on the other line. Yeah, hold on. Okay, good. Okay. Hello, Sandra. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very fine. Thank I have you. a friend of yours want to say hi. Yeah. Hello, Sandra. Do you recognize who it is? Sandra? Yes, hello. Did you hear? Yes. Go ahead. Did you, um, hello, Sandra. It's Maureen. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just here in the, at the moment speaking with Pastor Lee and the whole of the Nassau. <laughs> yeah, and part of Grand Bahama. So, Sandra, how are you over there? How things are going? How, uh, how do you feel that uh, the reception has been by the Grand Bahamians to the Logos too? 
Well, so far, um, it has been great. The whole visit to Grand Bahama is, uh, seems to be a good success. We have many visitors that are coming on board every day. We had um, the public schools yesterday and today on board. Many of the kids were enjoying themselves very much. We had a special program for them, and they enjoyed to, uh, to look at the bookshop. And, well, so far, we had almost uh, 2,000 visitors in the last two days so um, people are enjoying themselves very much excellent now who are the other team members with you well together with me there was Simon from Switzerland and Kirsten from Germany and um, all three of us together we uh, prepared the ship's visit to Grand Bahama and we will also come to Nassau then in uh, two weeks Excellent, and we're looking forward to to that, Sandra. Yeah, now, definitely. Tell us again. Now, uh, we were sharing with uh, Maureen just now a, a, a little bit again of some of the things that, as far as the events are concerned, that you do there and that you uh, have done or will do in Grand Bahama. I know you have the ship open and so on. What else do you do as far as activities are concerned? Mm-hmm. Well, um, for the time here in Grand Bahama we planned um, a lot of different programs so we um, will have a youth conference tomorrow evening and then on Saturday we will have um, international festival this is always the highlight of the visit there's um, going to be a really interesting evening for the whole family with drama, music, dances from around the world and besides that um, we also have some teams that we send out every day to go to schools, to go to the hospital, to go to the children's home. So people all over, uh, across the island will yeah, see in one way or the other some people from the international group. Terrific, exciting, very good. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to say to uh, now? We have our people here in Nassau that are listening at this time. Uh, would you like to say anything uh, to them uh, in, 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 as we anticipate your arrival here? Mm-hmm. Well, the Nuggets 2 will come to Nassau on the 17th of March to the 30th and yeah, I would like to um, G- yeah, uh, Sandra, help me. Give me everyone the, on board give me, the, give me the dates again that you'll be here in Nassau? Yes, it's from the 17th to the 30th of March. Okay, I thought we might have had another date on that one, but that's the correct seventeenth through the thirtieth or thirty-first. Yeah, that's the date. Okay, terrific. All right. So, what would you like to tell our people? Well, I would just <laughs> like to tell um, all the people from Nassau just get ready um, to come on board and buy some good books. We really have a big variety of all kinds of different literature. And, um, yeah, just get ready for the program and just enjoy the ships with it. Terrific. Well, listen, it's a real joy and a real blessing to have you here in the Bahamas. And uh, we, we are thankful for the Ministry of Operation Mobilization. And we're looking forward to your coming to Nassau. Okay, I'm looking forward to come to Nassau, actually. And to meeting you. Okay, the Lord bless you. Thank you very much. You want to say bye?
Okay, goodbye. <laughs> okay. All right. I wonder if Churchill is still there. I'm still here, holding He's, on. Hey, Churchill, appreciate that, man. Yeah, well, Sandra seems to be excited about the about the trip. And listen, I really want to thank you because I, I know that a lot of the contacts were arranged by you over there, and I appreciate uh, what you have done and will continue to do for for not only for them, you're always involved in the ministry. So thank you. Yeah, well, um, you know, this is the second visit. Yeah. Although to Grand Bahama. Do you remember the first one in in Grand Bahama? I mean, 1986, I think it was. Oh, 86. I was be... also involved in the, with the um, Logos then. Logos won, actually. Yeah, right. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm glad to do it. Ask unto the Lord. And um, I'm happy that the young people in Grand Bahama particularly are being challenged. I don't want being challenged by these young people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, their dedication uh, in, in committing themselves to the work of Christ. So, Julie, know you now. You have to encourage it. Maybe a couple of them because, you know, they can actually uh, be involved in that ministry. They can become right. a part of the team and so on. I think they've gotten some, some response. How much, I don't know. And that's what we're praying for here. We're hoping that some, I'm praying that a couple of our young people might commit themselves. Right. You know? Okay. All right. Churchill, Lord bless you, man. Take care. All right. I think we'll take a pause here. Uh, It's time for us to have some announcements. But again, we want to give you the telephone numbers. If you are aware, if you've been involved in the ministry of the uh, Operation Mobilization, the Logos 2 or the Logos 1, um, give us a call, 326-0800-322-7846. We'll be right back. This year, so hey, let's join back in the studios with Pastor Alan Lee. Thank you, Kino. Let me give you some more information about Operation Mobilization, and then uh, Maureen will join us again to give us the first time information concerning what the ministry is doing. I'm reading from one of their brochures. It says, in 1957, George Verver, with two other college students, traveled to Mexico during his summer break to reach Mexicans with the gospel. This trip would turn out to be the beginning of a worldwide ministry. Since 1957, OM, Operation Mobilization, has trained more than 100,000 people in evangelism, discipleship, and cross-cultural missions. In 1971, OM launched an innovative international ship ministry. Since then, the ships Logos, Logos II, and Dulos have welcomed, welcomed 31 million people in more than 400 cities in 131 nations. They have distributed more than 17 million Christian and educational books and more than 1.5 million Bibles and New Testaments. A new ship, Logos Hope, is being added to the fleet. OM works in more than 110 countries and well represented in the 1040 window with approximately 2,000 workers there. Quite a worldwide ministry, Maureen. Yes, definitely, and it's growing still as well. Tell us a little bit more exactly what is OM doing around the world? Well, um, OM, as I said before, has offices in over 100 countries and we have over 4,000 volunteers working. And um, countries include from Afghanistan, Zimbabwe, you name it. 
um, if you are interested in joining or you have God's place, the country on your heart and you have a burden for missions, um, I'm sure we have um, short-term and long-term opportunities in OM. Terrific. Now, if we have any uh, pastors uh, or elders or leaders, Christian leaders listening, I really want you to pay attention to that, especially in connection with young people. The OM provides some wonderful opportunities for young people to be trained, uh, and as, as Maureen mentioned, either on short term or could be extended term as well. And when the ship comes in in March, I think it would be worth your while to uh, have the young people group uh, your ministry to, to come out of the ship and to look into some of these activities. Now, one of the uh, features that will be added to the ministry of the Logos 2 when it comes to Nassau in March will be a training seminar, especially for Christian leaders. This is going to be a, a, a tremendous uh, uh, training opportunity for those of us who are involved in Christian ministry. It is primarily geared, in fact, uh, for the equipping of, of, me, of uh, uh, leaders. It's a global focus leadership seminar. And um, as I said, this will be unique to the, the Bahamas trip. It's not being offered right now in Grand Bahama, but it will be offer, offered here in, in Nassau when it comes. It's called a Global Focus Leadership Seminar. It's to help pastors and church leaders grow a great commissioned church. Now, if you have any concern or any interest at all in missions, this will be the seminar for you. Um, we're thankful for the way in which the interest and involvement in missions has grown in the Bahamas of recent years. But there are many other churches who have a desire, have an interest, but really need some help in getting things started. This conference, this seminar uh, to be held uh, on the Logos 2 when it comes to uh, Nassau in March will be a tremendous help in getting you along the path that you'd like to go. Uh, again, reading from one of the brochures, it says that this is more than a seminar. Leaders will be challenged by the power of discovery in this high-energy event. You will hear biblical principles and cutting-edge strategies to motivate, mobilize, and empower your people to impact the world locally and globally. This is really a tremendous opportunity. So those of you who are involved in a mission committee or whatever it is that you might uh, be involved in in your church that have to do with missions especially, this is a seminar for you. But of course, it is also profitable for any church leader. Now, um, Maureen, do you have any input at all as far as this seminar is concerned? Mm. Yes, I'm very excited that we can actually bring this seminar to um, Nassau, Bahamas. Um, we're going to be visiting quite a few Caribbean islands, and unfortunately we couldn't take it to all the different islands. Uh, but this island was selected, and we've got um, one of our speakers, Keith Hayward, from OMUSA, and he's going to be coming with, with his team to put on this seminar. It will start... Um, early in the morning so we're offering a breakfast as well 
And That's right. It's day long, right? It begins in the morning and goes through the afternoon. It's scheduled for the 18th, and the, which will be a Saturday. So hopefully um, that will allow pastors to um, have the time and uh, to devote to the seminar. Mm-hmm. And it will be the whole day, as I said before. And um, we're really excited to see what's going to happen through this seminar and how it will affect um, pastors and churches and lives. Terrific. Okay, uh, men and women, you lead us out there. Please make a note of that date right now on your calendar. That's March the 18th. It's an all-day affair. Uh, the Global Focus Leaders- Leadership Seminar on Logos 2. By the way, it will be docked at Prince, um, Prince George Dock, uh, right in the center of town, right where all of the cruise ships are. So please, right now, Block that period out. If you're listening and you have any questions, uh, there will be a fee as well, but it's a small fee compared to what you're getting. We'll be talking more about that uh, later on. March the 18th, Global Focus Leadership Seminar. Pastors, elders, mission leaders, please mark that on your calendars and, and plan to attend. Okay, uh, Maureen, uh, we're not getting any calls here. I don't know if, uh, if any... Bodies listening who's been involved, they're a little timid to call or whatnot, but uh, we might have to close this particular section of our program off. Do you have any closing words you'd like to say to our folk? Mm, yes, um, as we just mentioned, uh, we've got the pastors' uh, conference, but I also want to speak to the youth because one of um, our the things that we wanted to focus on when we came to the Caribbean was the young people, the youths. We want to motivate them and I think the ship is a fantastic place to motivate the youth because on the ship there's over 200 young people who have devoted their lives to, was it, or two years of their lives to serve on the ship and it's amazing when other young people see them and they see that these people are just exactly like I am and um, you know, we've just we've left the Bermuda, and it's so f- wonderful that we've got now got the first Bermudan on board the ship. Terrific! And my prayer is that this time next year we will have at least three people from the Bahamas. Three Bahamians. There you go. Well, we'll be praying towards that, I'm sure. And so, young people, please listening out there again. This is a rare opportunity. It's a it's a fantastic opportunity for you. So you also be planning to visit the ship when it comes in, but particularly and especially look into the opportunities you have of serving on the ship as well. Yes. Great. All right, Maureen, it's been a pleasure. Thank and, you, Pastor. And uh, we will be praying for you, of course, uh, as you continue on in your uh, new position as the Caribbean Director of Operation Mobilization. Uh, I'm sure we probably have you back on our program again when you when you visit <laughs> at another opportunity. But we want to thank you for, for being here today, and uh, we look forward to the coming of the Logos 2, March 13th through the 30... March 30, the 17th. 17th, that's right. <laughs> we have to correct that. I always thought it was 17th. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to uh, take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll be introducing, uh, at least giving you some uh, a sample of two of the new programs that we will be introducing in our lineup here at um, ECB. And we'll discuss it and we'll open the lines again, hoping that you might call and give us some uh, feedback as to what you think about these programs. But right now, let's take another break. Motivation, inspiration, education, ECB. 
As you are probably aware of now, um, ECB is committed to offering um, the best possible uh, exposition of the Word of God uh, that we can find anywhere. We have uh, tremendous programs uh, focusing on the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Uh, Tony Evans, of course, Dr. Tony Evans, of course, uh, he is one of our uh, speakers on regular speakers on this program. Uh, Dr. Chuck Swindoll as well. He's recognized to be one of the greatest communicators of the Word of God anywhere in the world, especially, of course, the United States of America. And then, of course, we have also Dr. James Dobson. And um, so we believe that we are fulfilling an important role in presenting these men of God to you. But we want to take an opportunity uh, to present another individual uh, who God is using in a in a mighty way, especially in the in uh, to work with college students, and uh, especially in the area of what we call apologetics or defending the faith, uh, to explain uh, the Christian faith, why we believe what we believe, and the validity of our our beliefs. And uh, he has been speaking uh, around the world especially with in college arenas and so on. I'm speaking of Dr. Ravi Zacharias, and he has a program called Just Thinking. And that's why I like it, because you know we always end our messages with the exhortation, sila, meaning think or pause and focus, concentrate, think, meditate on these things. And he has a program called Just Thinking. And we will be introducing this program to the ECB uh, lineup, and we're going to present just a few moments now, a few minutes of uh, Dr. Zachary's uh, preaching, and so you can get to hear him. And I w would like for you, in the minutes that we have remaining, uh, to call in. And if you've heard of Dr. Ravi Zacharias and his ministry, and you think this would be a good program, we want you to call in and make comments. And then when following this, we will introduce another program that we'll uh, be uh, introducing. It's called uh, How to Manage Your Money. This is more of a practical um, program. It deals with uh, our stewardship and our financial accountability to God. We thought that this might be something for us too to be aware of from a biblical point of view, how to be good stewards. And you will be hearing a, a, a just a few moments from that program as well. But now I'm going to stop and you're going to hear now Dr. Ravi Zacharias speaking on just thinking. Here is a sample. time Satan said something what did Jesus say be gone it is written it is written this is the unchanging absolute that the world will always try to relativize this is the pillar that the world will try to move so that you'll not be sure where you are anymore I challenge you to take this word test it out in your life 
It's been said that most people would be willing to compromise their values, to give in to temptation if the price was right. But is it ever worth it to give in to temptation? Why is it so difficult to resist it? On today's program, we'll take a look back at a poignant confrontation in which Jesus faced Satan head-on as he was tempted in the wilderness. Did Jesus face the same temptations that we face today? How did Jesus respond? And what can we learn from this powerful episode recorded in the Gospels? Hello and welcome to Let My People Think, and another time of study with Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias. In the New Testament, we're warned many times of the dangers of temptation and of the struggles that a believer will face in the world. Now, indeed, much of the turmoil we experience in life is a result of the constant battle with temptation. Let's join Ravi now and see what temptations Christ faced and what we can learn from his response. Here's Ravi. I'm going to ask those of you who have your Bibles to turn with me to the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and I'll be reading it so that uh, we can follow along in the text, and then I can present to you the message that I have entitled, Absolute Truth in Relative Terms. Absolute Truth in Relative Terms. I think the illustration that we've often given, it's a very simple little one, and you'll have to bear with me if you've heard me state this before. It's a very simple little one to point to the fact that some things in life need to be unchanging if we are to understand the legitimacy of things that ought to change and things that ought not to change. Some things in life must remain unchanging. And it is an unchanging point of reference that is defined philosophically as an absolute. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be detracted from it. And in that sense, God alone is the only absolute unchanging being. There was never a moment in time where God did not exist. God, by definition, is a necessary being. It is not possible for God not to exist. His very existence, the very name God, symbolizes that which is an absolute and that by which we can measure all other changes. And the illustration we like to give is something like this. If you are stopped at an intersection and you've got your foot on the brake, but suddenly you see a car that's parked facing in the opposite direction, moving away from you. For a moment you pause and ask yourself, is that person moving or is my car moving? And you go for the brake a little with a little firmer press to make sure that you are stationary. And as soon as you uh, want to be sure, you look at something on the side, maybe a lamppost or maybe a streetlight to make sure that you're not moving in relationship to that. What do you think would happen if that lamppost started to move also? <laughs> Suddenly you will find a total disorientation. And pilots will tell you that in the densest kind of fog, it is only their instruments that tell them where they are. Because in a dense fog, it is not possible to even know whether you're flying right side up or upside down. The absolute is necessary for life. And here we see the challenge against the absolute in a very significant passage, Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, 
man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Will Durant, the philosopher, the popular philosopher, who wrote a book called The Story of Philosophy, amongst many of his other writings, somewhere in his introduction he makes this simple little comment that sort of stabs you because it stands out. He says, nothing educates like a shock. Nothing educates like a shock. And if any one of you has gone through an experience where you were jolted into reality by something, you take notice and that sort of is remembered in your mind. With all of the hundreds and possibly tens of thousands of pages that I have read, 37,000 feet in the air, because half of my life is spent on a plane, I remember once chuckling reading this first paragraph, but being jolted into asking myself the very question that was being raised by implication of what I had just read. It was an article in the what used to be at one time called Piedmont Airlines. Uh, they had a magazine that was always on board. It was an article on ethics and the death of ethics in business. And the writer who was a philosopher at some university began his article with this simple little illustration. He talked about a man who was sitting next to a woman on a plane and they were total strangers. He found her rather attractive and halfway through the journey looked at her and propositioned her for one million dollars. She was shocked by that. But as time went on before they landed, she said, are you serious? One million dollars for an evening? And he said, yes. So she pondered, thought about it, and conversation ensued, and the time and the place was set. About half an hour later, he said, I do want to make a slight adjustment. I really don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Would you consider the same proposal for $10? To which she looked with absolute anger at him and said, What do you think I am? To which he promptly replied, we have already established that we're only haggling over the price. <laughs> and you get jolted when you read that. But the professor was basically saying he was convinced that every human being had a price. The only th difference was the price at which we were willing to surrender, our convictions may differ. But the fact of the matter is, the allurements were out there, and if the price was right, we would be willing to cross certain boundaries. Is that true? Okay, you are listening to Dr. Ravi Zacharias. It's a sample of a new program that we will be introducing 
to our regular schedule here on ECB. The program is called Let My People Think. I erroneously said it was just thinking. That's another program. The one we will be featuring on ECB is Let My People Think. What do you think? Would you be interested in hearing Dr. Ravi Zacharias? We have a few moments left. You can give us a call. But we're going to give you a sample of another uh, short program we'll be introducing. This is of a more practical um, uh, program geared towards helping us to be better stewards of the possessions, resources that God has given to us. It's, uh, it's called How to Manage Your Money. And it's put on by Crown Financial Concepts. We'll just hear a little excerpt and then we'll come back. Oh, before we do that, I understand we have a call. Hello, you on ECB? Hi, Pastor Lee. Hi. I would like to put my. I would like to say, bring on Zachariah on your regular program. Terrific. Have you heard him before? Yes, sir. I heard him many years ago, and um, he, he he is a person to me that could defend the faith on, for a better word, on many fronts. He, he certainly is, and that's one of the reasons why I want to bring him on. Yeah, and, you know, anything in literature with him, I, I'll highly recommend because uh, what, I've, what I've found with him, uh, he just leaves you, um, I don't know what to say. He, he, he's a honest person, he defends the faith uh, in love, but it's, it's hard in some of his things, but um, he is a person that we, we, could, we, could, uh, we could really appreciate. Good, thank you, I appreciate that. Thanks for calling, you'll be hearing from us then for sure. Okay. Thank you. Lord bless. All right. Now, here's a sample from How to Manage Your Money. Hi, I'm Howard Dayton. Welcome to How to Manage Your Money from Crown Financial Ministries. Well, Steve Moore is here with me. And, Steve, there's something that we've been trying to get around to, but just <laughs> haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, we just keep putting it off. It's the subject of procrastination. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it really is a big issue when it comes to your finances. Yeah, it really is. And for some people, Steve, it's the biggest issue. You know, they just never get around to doing those things that really lead to true financial freedom. And in my experience, sometimes it's due to uh, just plain laziness, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes to fear. Uh, sometimes a lack of knowledge. Well, how can we tell if we are procrastinating with our finances? Well, I think simply the important decisions are left undone. Uh, I know I should start using a budget, but uh, just never get around to it. Or I should refinance my house at a lower interest rate, but don't get around to it. Uh, I know I should begin investing for retirement or making out a will or buying insurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's sometimes those little day-to-day -day matters that just sort of slide, like uh, not paying your credit card statement on time, your bills on time, uh, those are pretty good indicators that you're a procrastinator. But now, how do I get around to it? Uh, this is a great time of year to do something. Yeah, it really is a good time. Uh, new Year's, new beginnings. Uh, the good news is it's really simple to defeat the habit of being a procrastinator. Uh, really simple to solve. Here's what I would do. First, list the things you need to really do each day. Then prayerfully review the list and prioritize the items and try to finish that very first task, that very first thing on the list first. For me, that task is sometimes the one I fear the most or it's going to be the hardest for me to get going. And there's such a sense of relief 
encouragement, freedom when that first one's done. And, and of course, uh, bathe this effort in prayer. You know, ask the Lord to help you. Mm. Howard, I, I think procrastination and disorganization tend to be very close cousins. They sure are. But we know that God wants us to be a good steward of our resources, and that includes our time. So, I mean, this is not natural for most of us. It kind of is with you, but it kind of isn't with me. Ask God for help. Find some resources, some people, some, some things that can help you in these areas. That's right. And make that list and prioritize it. Well, of course, we can't supply you with the willpower. Only the Lord can okay, do that. Okay, that's a sample of how to manage your money. It's produced by Crown Financial Concepts. And uh, this will be a short program that we hope to introduce in just a short while to ECB. What do you think? Let me give you the rationale behind these two programs. First of all, the one with Dr. Ravi Zacharias, Let My People Think. As our caller mentioned before, Dr. Zacharias is a defender of the faith. He's an apologist. In other words, he's one who gives us a reason for our beliefs. And we believe that this is an important area for us in the day in which we live because the faith, our Christian beliefs are being uh, challenged in, in just from every, every arena. And I believe that this will be a tremendous uh, uh, resource for us. Now, for some it, individuals, it might seem to be a little what they call theological or heavy, but we need that as well. And we trust that this might encourage you to listen rather than uh, to uh, discourage you from doing so. And of course, the aspect of the stewardship with financial crown, uh, the crown financial concepts. We believe that stewardship is a very vital part of the Christian life. How to manage not only our money, of course, but uh, the gifts that God has given to us, our time, our talents, and everything else. We believe that these are important areas. And How to Manage Your Money uh, is a program that gives us practical suggestions in doing so. And so we are meeting two areas of needs in the Christian life. One have to do with the ability to defend our faith. This is where we have a solid understanding of the Word of God and why we believe what we believe. That's Dr. Ravi, Ravi Zacharias with Let My People Think. And then the second has to do with stewardship. Practical suggestions on how to handle our money, our finances, how to uh, set up a budget, how to, uh, how to work that budget, and so on. Giving us biblical principles to do so. This is the reason why uh, this is the rationale for these two programs. Let me give them to you again. You'll be hearing them next week, Lord willing. Let My People Think, that's by, with Ravi, Ravi Zacharias, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, and then Crown Financial Concepts, produce, bringing their program, How to Manage Your Money, with practical insights for us in that area. We thank you for listening to ECB. We thank you for being a regular part of ECB. We trust that you will continue to pray for us, but above all things, we pray that you might think carefully about your relationship to God. If you have never received Jesus Christ, you have never placed faith in Christ, we trust that you might do so today, that you might come to say yes to the one who died for you. Begin your new year right by becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Selah. Think and act on these things. Motivation, inspiration, education, ECB.